Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Welcome everyone to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I, Aubrey Edwards, referee, game developer, podcast host, am here with the great and wonderful Tony Schiavone. How you doing, Tony? Old man and gimmick on this end. How you doing, Aubrey? There you go. I'm doing great. You know why I'm doing great? Yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, it's a rhetorical question. I was going to go into it anyway. We've got Anthony Bowens here today. Hey, what's up, buddy? What's up, Aubrey? Schiavone, how you guys doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. So Bowens is one of my favorite people. And I think the first time like you were doing a dark match, I'm like, hi, I love you. I love everything you're doing in the wrestling <laughs> community. It's like, you don't know me yet, but I'm just going to totally fangirl and mark out right here. So excited to finally get him on the podcast. I'm excited to be on. This is something I've wanted to do for a little while. So we finally made it happen and I'm thrilled. Well, Anthony, it's great to have you here. Uh, you have been the I, uh, IWF junior heavyweight champion. Wrestle Pro Champion three times. Three times. You made your debut in October in 2020 when AEW. Uh, who first approached you about AEW uh, doing a match and being on Dark with us? So coming to AEW was a bit of a, a journey, and it, it took a little bit longer because of the pandemic. So sure. once the company opened up, I kind of switched my focus to trying to get here. And um, around, I think it was February of 2020, um, Sean Spears was having the the search for Spear or the the perfect partner uh, search. I sent in a promo and and made I guess the top three, and I was very excited about it because Blood and Guts was coming up in uh, in North New Jersey, which is about ten minutes away from my house. Found that I was booked for the show, so I figured, hey, this might be my opportunity to you know show the world, show AEW what I can do. And um, unfortunately, thirty minutes after I got that phone call, they canceled. <laughs> They canceled every single show uh, due to the pandemic, which obviously there was more important things going on in the world, but I was extremely bummed. Then I was supposed to come down in June and then the cases started rising again. So that trip got canceled. And then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I just have to take a chance and I I need to get down there. I ended up texting uh, QT Marshall and I was like, "I, I know you keep booking me and everything keeps going wrong but i need to get down there if there's any opportunity for me to come in uh, in october please i'd love to be there and i made it work i came down and the rest is history didn't take long did it uh it you were you were signed a month later right right after your first match so i never really went into specifics about what technically happened so here we go essentially i (laughs) exclusive breaking news i did the dark match (laughs) and the next day i was approached by uh by nxt about coming down there whoa yeah after they ghosted me for three years yeah (laughs) 
as is normal. I actually, I didn't hear anything back from AEW directly after the match because sometimes, you know, dark airs about a week or two afterwards, or at least in the pandemic world. And I just, I said, yes. And somehow that trickled back to Tony Khan. Uh, Tony found out about it and then brought me down there the week later. I had a long conversation with him and uh, my tag team partner. And the next thing you know, <laughs> I'm with AEW, which is where I wanted to be in the first place. And Hooray. You know, there's a ton of life happenings in there that, that made the decision a lot easier. But there was a very anxiety-filled two weeks in trying to figure out. Honestly, being in a great situation, I guess, where every wrestler wants to be in, but it was one of the most anxiety-induced two weeks I've ever had in my life. But I made the right decision, and I'm so excited to be in AEW. I imagine it's one of those cases where you're like, oh, my God, everything is so stressful and awful, and I feel terrible and filled with anxiety. But ultimately, it's like the two major wrestling companies in the world are offering you jobs, and you feel like... Oh, I can't really. I I know I would be in that situation where it's like I can't really complain about this right now because it's like the best of both worlds. But at the same time, why do I feel like shit and my stomach is constantly <laughs> wanting to make me vomit? So that's, exactly, uh, <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you on this one. So is there is there anything you did like once you like signed celebration wise? You seem like a guy that's like super jacked and cares about what he eats and stuff. And I'm like, I want to hear if like you ate ice cream and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> no, my diet honestly consists of just Chipotle. And um, honestly, catering kind of gets me to go crazy a little bit with all the treats afterwards. But other than oh. that, I, <laughs> I, I don't really go that that crazy. Uh, but if I do, I'm a psychopath and I'll end up at the gym the next day for like two hours trying to burn off everything from the night before. Uh, wait, what was the first part of the question? <laughs> if you did anything to celebrate. <laughs> oh, did I do anything to celebrate? Um, no, because, you know, I spent most of my 20s trying to make my dream come true. Meanwhile, everybody else was, you know, creating, uh, getting a savings accounts and Roth IRAs and all the big boy stuff. And I was like, I figured this first year I need to put away and catch up on all the stuff that I needed to do as like, you know, a, a mature adult. And, um, you know, eventually at some point I'm going to make my big um, smart purchase. I don't know what it is yet, but I'll figure it out. We're talking with Anthony Bowens, of course, of the acclaimed uh, one half of the tag team. And Anthony, well, we have some uh, very, very good coaches and agents in the back, as you know. One in particular that you love having work, love working with on your match? Honestly, all of them, because I'm, I'm learning something different and from a different perspective every time, you know, we have a match. I actually, I learned a lot sitting down. They weren't coaches, but I've learned a lot sitting down with FTR and doing tape study because oh, coming into AEW, I was just a singles wrestler. I hadn't tagged since maybe my first or second year of, uh, of my career. Everything else has just been focused on being a solo star. So then coming into one of the deepest and, and the best tag team division in the world, I was a bit overwhelmed in the sense of trying to figure out, you know, one, how do I keep up with these guys? And two, you know, there's a, not to get too, specific but there's different psychology in terms of tag team wrestling there's other elements and layers that you have to learn and you have to figure out and i figure one of the best tag teams to do that with <laughs> to learn from is ftr and i'm always just picking up i try to pick up something new each week um that i can implement and focus on until it kind of becomes muscle memory and you know i gotta thank ftr i gotta thank a lot of coaches jerry lynn cabana is always very helpful i love working with billy gunn you know christopher daniels everybody Honestly. Yeah, we're real lucky and spoiled with the amount of uh, 
experiencing coaches backstage. Yeah, I feel like everywhere you turn, there's just years and years and years of experience. You can just ask anybody and get an incredible answer. Right. You come out from the back and all of a sudden Mark Henry's there, like just talking to you about, like, hey, have you thought about this? And I'm like, oh, God, I was not ready for this kind of stuff. So it's I think it's been said that like it was Tony's idea to kind of put you and Max together for the acclaimed. Mm -hmm. What was your feelings when that idea was first pitched to you? First of all, excitement, because, you know, we one of the things that I didn't have coming in was like an established kind of TV ready character. I had everything else, but I was just trying to figure out what I can kind of like as dive into character wise and having a name and having somewhat of a vision was I guess, helpful for me in the sense that I get to create and, and mold something into the way I would see fit. And honestly, we didn't have like a direct direction. We just knew that, hey, you guys are going to be coldly acclaimed. It's going to be this tag team, you and Max Caster. And I think the original vision of it was, you know, Caster is this acclaimed rapper and I am this critically acclaimed sports entertainer because, you know, I do more than just pro wrestling. I'm a YouTuber. I'm a fitness model. I'm a commercial actor. I host things. I do it. I do a little bit of everything. So we were trying to go that route. But honestly, the, the entrances tend to obviously are focused more on the insults and the rap. So there <laughs> hasn't really been too much... Um, of a development on my end in terms of like who I am. And I'm still really excited to start establishing that on AEW television, but that's like kind of what the basics or the crux of what the acclaimed or what we're aiming for. I think you sit down with Paul white a few months ago. Of course, Paul's one of the great guys, as you know, in this, in this sport. And you discuss the importance of representing LGBTQ plus community as an openly gay professional wrestler. And we're going to get to some fan questions later, but want to bring up a few here as we talk about this specific part of your journey. Uh, Jamie Prestigio, uh, one on Twitter, wants to know what gave you the confidence to come out? So that was about eight or nine years in the making because there was a, a very deep, uh, I want to say too dark, but it was a dark period where I was trying to one, figure myself out because I was very confused. And two, there's that overwhelming fear and anxiety of, you know, people other than my family or friends finding out because at the time, you know, I don't want to say wrestling wasn't as progressive. I guess I could say that it wasn't as progressive as it was now. Yeah. And there was this fear of, hey, like if I do come out, how does this affect my career going forward? Am I going to have to start defending myself in the ring? Are fans going to turn on me? Like, will I have a career if I ever say something? So I kept it just to my my close circle of friends and um and my family. And then in 2016, I met my my boyfriend Michael, who I've, we've been dating for five years uh, now at this point. So I started dating him in secret, which in my opinion was unfair to him. But to his credit, he, you know, stuck with me enough to uh, or cared about me enough to, to, to go through that. And I told him it wouldn't last forever. I just needed to figure out when the time was right. And then by the t end of that year happened, he wanted to do Michael wanted to do a YouTube video. And at the time I was like, nope, that's not happening because I didn't think <laughs> like, I don't want anybody to see this. Um, and I saw how disappointed he was and like, he never ever forced anything on me, but that kind of broke my heart seeing that in his face. And I was like, you know what, you know, no one's ever going to see this video. You know, he's got like 10 subscribers. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. Um, so I did it. We had fun. It was a video called the laughing challenge where, um, you watch a funny video, you pour water in your mouth, like to the point where it's full and you watch a funny video. The first one to spit out the water loses very silly. <laughs> um, that being a really cute video. 
but a couple months down the line, one of my um, one of the other wrestlers, Damian Gibbs, who was one of the messaged me, he's like, dude, you know, why didn't you tell me? And I knew what he was talking about. I tried to, to uh, you know, kayfabe it. <laughs> Didn't work. He what like, are you talking about? I don't know. No, <laughs> but he was like, we all saw the video. Like, we don't care. We wish you would have told us, you know, it doesn't change a thing. We respect you. We love you. And then once I kind of, I saw that, like my, my quote unquote, my coworkers don't care. My family supports me. My friends support me. You know, I have a wonderful boyfriend a wonderful relationship. Like I have all that I need. I really don't care what anybody else thinks. And then from a wrestling perspective, I had, you know, this unique platform to try and create change and, and create awareness for all this stuff and people who, you know, struggled and, and feel the same way that I do maybe I can connect with them in some sort of way. So I just figured it was the right time. I didn't tell anybody that I was going to do this. Ended up being at a, um, Mike and I went to a game night for, with a couple other couples and I was just sitting there. It just felt right. I picked up my phone. I put up a little status on um, on Facebook. Turned off my phone because I was scared. <laughs> I threw it away. And then um, 45 minutes later, I was like, Michael, go check. Go check your phone. And he saw the, the relationship request on Facebook. And then he started geeking out and I started crying. And then it was it was really nice. I love it. I love it. Uh, we have another question from Troll Mexican 305 on Twitter. Uh, what advice would you give anyone who feels like they can't be themselves because of fear of what others may think? Typically, I say screw them <laughs> because, you know, your happiness needs to come first. I've I've never been happier. I think it's the best decision I've ever made in terms of creating stronger bonds with the people that are around me um, and just overall making me confident as a person. I think that kind of bled over to wrestling as well. Like once I, I let down those walls and was just more confident being myself, everything just felt more natural. But at the same time, it's always hard for me giving that advice. And I have to watch what I say because I, I recognize that I'm very, very lucky. You know, I live in an area that's, you know, super, I guess, accepting. You know, I have an accepting family and friends and not everybody is fortunate enough to be in that scenario. Or they may live in spots where, you know, being themselves might be against the law or it might be a crime where there's, you know, people who are out there looking to harass you and such. So it makes me a bit nervous sometimes saying, Hey, go out there and just be yourself. And if they get harmed, I feel, not that I feel responsible, but I, I, it's just hard for me sometimes, but generally I think being yourself and, and, and putting yourself out there and surrounding yourself with love and people who care about you is the best way to go. And it's one of the best decisions I personally ever made. Talking with Anthony Bowens of the acclaimed, one of the great athletes we have here in AEW. And next We'll talk about some other athletic abilities he has had on the baseball diamond. It's AEW Unrestricted with Tony Nalbury talking with Anthony Bowens of the acclaimed. And Anthony, we uh, mentioned uh, just a few moments ago that baseball was a big part of your life before getting into wrestling. Talk about your uh, years as being a baseball player. Yeah, so I played baseball for 11 years before professional wrestling. Um Little League through college. I played Division One uh, for two years at Seton Hall University. Things got a little crazy over there, and I transferred out to Montclair State University, which is Division Three. I played another two years there. Kind of sad because I transferred out, and the whole situation changed at Seton Hall. They overhauled their coaching staff, and they won the Big East Tournament, <laughs> which is what I was dying to do. I wanted that championship ring. No. <laughs> a little rough. My friends still get on me to this day about that. But yeah, I played uh, college baseball for four years and then I ended up 
developing some tendonitis in my elbow and you know also just wasn't fun anymore kind of felt like I was just playing to please these coaches who just all they wanted to do was win 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 as opposed to like develop players and you know help them continue to love the game and move on to a professional level sure so I was playing in pain I wasn't having fun and I didn't want to be in pain anymore, so I somehow decided to become a pro wrestler. <laughs> oh, just a different kind of pain. Just a different kind of pain. <laughs> Let me do a follow-up to this, Aubrey. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you decided or when you were um, playing college baseball, did it ever enter your mind, just going to go and uh, maybe try to sign with the team and get into the minors? That was something that I was thinking of doing. But again, I, at, at that point, I was in so much pain with my elbow that it just – just baseball wasn't fun anymore. I just equated sure. pain and just being miserable. And it wasn't the same feel and love that I had when I first started. And I knew I had to replace it with something. And after being on, you know, playing for 11 years and college baseball is crazy. So you're on the baseball field for, you know, six hours at a time. Sometimes um, not having that anymore was driving me insane. Like I would try and fill that time with, you know, I'd go to the gym, but that only take like an hour and a half. I'm like, well, how do I kill these next four hours? So I was desperately trying to find something, you know, that I can connect with. And um, one night before, I forgot where Hurricane was, but whatever it was, it delayed my friends going back to college. And my friend Nico, who has actually appeared on some AEW stuff as, a, I don't know if you've seen it, as a Chris Jericho's cousin, Gino Jericho from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he, in one of our acclaimed music videos, he, um, he was like, let's make a wrestling video. And we created this thing where he was the bulge, where he talked like the macho man and had socks stuffed in his um, lower Nether region, regions. Nether regions. And they called me the Black Mamba for some reason. I can't remember. And we just had this weird, it was kind of similar to if you've ever seen the match Kenny Omega had in Japan where he wrestled around the house and outside into the, um, the yard and into the water. It was kind of like that, but more like, I guess, goofy. And it kind of caught on locally. And we made a little YouTube series out of it, which will never, ever see the light of day. I'm never going <laughs> to public again. And, um, you know, the feedback I was getting was like, you kind of look like a pro wrestler. Like, have you ever thought about doing it? And that was kind of like the first seed that was planted about jumping into it because I was a little bit bigger at the time from lifting and with, with baseball. And... I was going to go, it developed to the point where I was going to go up to Lance Storm School or I was going to head down to Florida somewhere, but that wasn't like financially viable. And randomly one day, um, a WWE was in the area and a bunch of the guys usually uh, lift at the gym that I go to. And you know, I was running around taking pictures with people. And the last person that I met was Santino Morella. And as I was walking away from taking a photo with him, he was like, hey, like you you're pretty big. Have you ever thought about becoming a pro wrestler? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he pulled out his phone. He gave me the number to Pat Buck, who's my trainer and also owner of uh, Creative Pro New Jersey and co-owner um, co with, with uh, Brian Myers of Creative Pro New York. And a week later, I was training. And eight years later, I made my dream come true. So were you a fan growing up? Yes, I was a, I was a big fan. First memory was the vignettes for the Sting Hogan Starcade 97 match. I was just absolutely going insane as a kid trying to figure out how to watch that. So it was equally as cool when I was standing backstage and happened to turn around and see Sting walking by when he debuted and almost, you know, fell over. <laughs> you and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of like my first 
memory of pro wrestling was watching those vignettes of him like walking in the warehouse and it was raining and i just thought it was so cool your wrestling debut was april of 2013 at your hometown what do you remember about that day and that match in nutley new jersey so actually that was my third match my first okay my first was in january of was in january of 2013 it was a battle royal thing that particular match was my first singles match and my third match in my career and it was very important to me because i think that was the only match that my grandmother got to to see me watch before she passed so that one meant a lot and and my friends there and it was kind of like a oh, i was starting to tear up it, it was nice to have her there it was nice to have my family there and it was kind of the the first time like my friends got to see me you know really move forward towards this pipe dream i guess in, in other people's minds because there, there were people like you want to be a pro wrestler like what do you really want to do with your life like what do you want to study in college? <laughs> yeah i got my college degree but i want to be a pro wrestler so it was kind of like hey look i'm doing this and that night meant a lot to me so you did some work with wwe in 2016 what was that experience like for you and how did that whole thing happen i've done a a few projects with them and and you know the typical extra work i don't know are you referencing the the Authors of Pain match? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that didn't go so well. Um, <laughs> they, um, they ended up, there ended up being a big, um, I don't want to call it a botch. It was a botch. They powerbombed me and another dude got powerbombed on top of me, which ended up landing on my face and knocked me out. And I, from the video, it kind of looked like I had like a small seizure in there. It was a very scary moment and went from like hey this is my opportunity to i hope i'm alive the next day so that was one of my only opportunities i had in ring with them i did a bunch of other work in terms of like commercial stuff or and then i had two tryouts with them and one at the arnold classic in 2015 and another one at the performance center and that's what kind of led to that whole situation i explained before where they said that i was in line for an opportunity to be signed in 2017 and then i didn't hear from for three years and then eventually I did right after I, I worked with AEW, but nothing too really extensive with them. Impact Wrestling in 2017, correct? Impact Wrestling as well. I've had a few opportunities with them. And How was that? That was, it was fun. <laughs> I got to, one of my favorite matches was with uh, Eli Drake. We got to do a little main event spot there when they were doing, um, they were doing a lot of partnerships with a lot of local indies and WrestlePro New Jersey, which is my home company has a good relationship with Impact. So anytime Impact was in the area, we were doing something special with them or we were at their events. So I always had a fun time being there as well. So before we go to break, I want to definitely talk about Michael and Anthony, your YouTube channel. I think you guys just passed 200,000 subscribers. So congratulations, yeah. huge accomplishment. I was actually a fan of these videos prior to getting the chance to work with you backstage. And one of the things I absolutely love is your spoofs of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> And just like if, if anyone hasn't watched these, go to YouTube, watch them. It's the over the top nature of like you guys like having pillows to like pillows or balloons being used extensively to create body shapes of people on the show and just horrible wigs. And it's <laughs> like, what made you guys decide you wanted to do 90 Day Fiance spoofs? So the YouTube channel was created with that first video I mentioned before with the um, the laughing challenge, that video, when I came out, went viral. So that kind of kickstarted the, the YouTube channel. 
And then we started doing vlogs. We did like a how we met video and that video, I think hit like a million in a, like two weeks or something. So that was like our no first, big deal. you know, no, no big deal. deal. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of like really boosted and kickstarted our, um, our YouTube channel. We were doing vlogs, we were doing challenges, but we couldn't really find like, you got to find like a niche sometimes on YouTube. And as the fan pandemic, as the pandemic hit, um, <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to figure out what, kind of content we can start producing and the both of us are complete goofballs we love slapstick comedy we love like naked gun the scary movie series and not another teen movie like all those kind of like really hokey comedy type honestly the kind of comedy that you see in like the acclaimed music videos it's kind of like the same vibe which is why i think everything was so <laughs> easy of a transition and he's like why don't we do a parody of love is blind which was like very popular at the time because everybody was indoors watching netflix and Michael is incredibly good at his profession at, in, in impressions. Like he's so good. So we're like, okay, let's give it a try. We did it. And that was the next video. This absolutely took off. And we did like a trilogy of it, of the different couples. And we figured out that a lot of the stuff that we were doing in the video was just stuff that we'd be doing with each other, improving late at night in the kitchen when we were bored. And we would always say, why are we putting this stuff on camera? Cause it's so stupid that it's funny. <laughs> so we just decided to do it in, in terms of like parroting other, other people. So it started with love is blind. And then it went to 90 day fiance. Um, we've done the Kardashian fight scene. He's does, he's done Kylie. We've um, we've wrote original skits. We've done tiger King, um, right now, the popular ones are James Charles. We just did Wendy Williams, which people are going crazy over. So we're just, you know, finding different ways to be creative and be funny in the most tasteful way possible, because we always hope that these people don't hate us. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it, honestly, a lot of them we've like spoke, sp um, we've had conversations with a lot of the 90 Day Fiance cast because they love it because we're we're doing it in a way that's not mean we're doing it in a way that's just kind of copying what we see and exaggerating it on the show and making it like picking out little details that like why is that happening or what is that doing there and just making it more obvious um so i think people or the people that we're quote unquote making fun of really appreciate it that we're doing it in a very tasteful way and it's really cool to get their feedback and see how much the people enjoy it and yeah the michael anthony channel is now over two hundred thousand subscribers which we're really really, really proud of. So like, and subscribe if you haven't done that yet. And hopefully you enjoy our humor <laughs> and our channel. You celebrated your milestone with a Popeye's mukbang. <laughs> For those of us who don't know what a mukbang is, go ahead and tell us. So mukbang is basically where you get, we don't go crazy. Typically you're supposed to get a large amount of food and you just eat on camera and you try and finish it all and you talk. So we had a little tradition that every time we hit um an extra ten thousand subscribers we would pick a different place and we'd have a mukbang we talk about it we'd try and bond and connect with our subscribers and in this case we hadn't done it in a while and we were just honestly we we're really hungry driving home like do you want popeyes we're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> we just grabbed popeyes and just sat in the car and had a mukbang i uh i generally just order a bunch of food and eat it anyway so i should probably start filming it that sounds like something that would be it's fun and people enjoy it for some reason they just like people watching eating food and just talking to them directly to the camera so it's it's, it's fun honestly. this is one of those things where i'm like wow i'm officially old because i just don't understand this shit i'm just like why would people watch that i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand it either but 
Whatever gets you views, man. <laughs> We're talking to Anthony Bowens of The Acclaimed coming up. We got lots and lots of fan questions because people love you and want to know more. This is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Tony here with the wonderful and amazing Anthony Bowens. And we are at the wonderful third section where we try and pronounce people's Twitter handles and uh, fail miserably <laughs> or just, you know, just not understand inside jokes and shit. Anyway, uh, first question from Rai Rai on Twitter. Are any opponents you have uh, in other promotions that you would like to see get a chance at AEW? And if so, who? Ooh. I think... I still want to focus on everyone at AEW. Mm. <laughs> Wait, is he asking who I want to work? Yeah. Or wrestle? I still have a hit list at AEW that I, I need to get to. I need to get to Cody Rhodes. Mm. I need to get to Kenny Omega. I need to get to FTR. There's so many on my list um, that I, I love to, to get to. And then, of course, I'd love to work with my friends. I want a singles match with my boy Dante Martin. Oh. I want to fight Hook. <laughs> 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 I've been lucky enough to, you know, check off some some pretty cool names early on with, you know, our our tenth match together as as the acclaimed or we main evented dynamite with the Young Bucks for the tag titles, which to me is still absolutely insane. You know, Chris Jericho was one of my favorites or top three growing up. We got to wrestle him. We got Moxley, uh, Pack on Elevation. So I have a pretty cool hit list so far. I'm starting to collect the action figures of everyone that I oh. wrestle. So I, I like kind of putting them up on the shelf of like after all right wrestled this guy didn't win but you know it's cool to, <laughs> it's cool to have them up on the shelf one day. yeah one day. okay we're going to go completely opposite with this one this is from hangman's whiskey on twitter hangman's, hangman's whiskey, whiskey on twitter hmm. wants to know anthony bowens what's your favorite tv show Ooh. My favorite TV show. If you're talking all time like sitcoms, I love Three's Company. Hmm. Wow. I think that's one of my favorite all-time sitcoms. And it's hard for me to put my finger on like one show because I kind of only watch wrestling. And anytime I'm not watching wrestling, it's usually with my boyfriend <laughs> and what he needs to be watching. <laughs> but okay. in terms of uh yeah, I would probably say Three's Company. It kind of shaped my humor. Because it also goes along with that slapstick comedy humor that I, I said I love so much. Love it. Got a question from Uncanny Uncle Slack. I was not a fan of the acclaimed uh, when you first debuted, but you and Max quickly won me over with your charisma and in-ring talent. At what point did it become clear to you that you two are going to get over as fuck with the crowd? I kind of always knew from the beginning. It's one of those wrestling fans tend to be very impatient and they just judge the first thing that they oh, see, yeah. which I don't ever tend to like look at fan feedback, but that was the only thing I was kind of like, oh, I will wish people would just have a little patience like we we've never tagged before we've barely had matching gear the first two matches like how are you going to make an assumption about us within the first two times like as we're trying to craft who we are as people as a tag team as like our, our look i just knew at some point once we started getting into you know castro and i putting our heads together and creating these music videos and just figuring out ways to be different that people would start appreciating it. So I just knew it was a matter of time. And eventually once we got crowds back, I think that showed pretty, pretty quickly. From at Petrella Roberto, where would you like to wrestle outside of the USA? If you could Japan, Ooh. I love the, the Japanese culture. I studied it in college in preparation for hopefully one day that I'd be over there. So Japan is number one on my list. I've, I've wrestled in England. Um, 
guess Canada's, Canada's international. Those are the two places I've left the country and wrestled. England was one of the most fun times of my life. I did a two week tour there, but Japan is like my, my be all end all spot. Love it. Uh, Darren report on Twitter. What have you enjoyed most about being uh, a part of the acclaimed? Honestly, I think it's being able to take the elements from the YouTube channel and the fun that I have there and put all of that crazy goofiness into what we do in pro wrestling. I think that made it such an easier transition because Caster Schumer is kind of similar in, in terms of like what you see in our music videos is us just sitting there going, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? Like, yeah, let's just film it. Okay. So it's just me doing the same things except in a wrestling medium. So that's probably the most fun. And I can't believe I get paid to do right. it. <laughs> Ted, the hillbilly heel wants to know, uh, thank you, Ted, for the question and for being a hillbilly, yes. by the way. <laughs> Uh, if you could wrestle any tag team from any era of any year, what tag team would you want to wrestle? Ooh. Ooh. Tough one, huh? That is a really so many tough one. There's yeah. so many. Honestly, bring me back to the bring me back to the Rock and Roll Express. Bring me in, uh, get me into Charlotte and just have me in that kind of territory, just rocking and rolling with them. No, no pun intended. <laughs> Every single right. night, spelling out buildings. I think that would be super fun and complimentary to our style yeah great era, definitely man. possible they're still taking indie bookings <laughs> yeah yeah <Tony. laughs> hey knock 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 hey <laughs> this would be great uh just a one-off no big deal ron Boot on twitter asks uh i know you'd mention ftr being you know someone you've learned from a lot but uh who are your favorite aew wrestlers men's roster women's roster tag team roster i think caddy omega because I think once I really started getting into the crux of diving deeper into psychology of pro wrestling outside of just the norm, I was watching a lot of his stuff in New Japan and just absolutely being astonished at the stuff that he was able to do with Okada and, and Naito and all these other people. And I think he's going to eventually be what I would consider my ultimate challenge at AEW. I would love to have an opportunity at some point just to have some time and just go with him. So I think Kenny would be the answer there. All right. Uh, Nate quotes out of context. That's at Nate quotes out of context. Let's know what's your favorite moment so far in your AEW career. If you can pick one moment. Favorite moment. I think it's not so much a moment in the company, but it was the first time my parents got to watch me on national television, which was the match against SCU. Obviously I wasn't there with them. I was in the ring, but just coming back through the curtain and knowing that my parents who are so supportive and if the if a show is in a, in the 50 mile 100 mile radius of you know where they live they were there watching and supporting me and making sure that i was financially you know set and and supported as i was trying like struggling to to live my dream and they got to now i'm getting emotional again oh. they got to sit there and watch me on you know tnt work or wrestle and that that means a lot to me so i think that's probably my favorite I'm going to jump in for a minute. One of my favorite moments with you at AEW was, I think it was you and Max versus Joey and Sonny. Uh, we had talked a little bit early <laughs> on about diversity and representation, but there's just sort of this moment of two minorities who identify as LGBTQ sharing the ring at the same time. And it just kind of happened. It wasn't forced and it wasn't part of a storyline. And to me, and I think it was actually roughing that match to like, when you both tagged in, I'm like, 
oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> you, know, you just kind of realize like, oh yeah, this is a thing that happens. And this is a thing that like AEW is really good about. Like, let's not just force people's like sexual orientation on people. Let's just make it a thing. So for you, that's one of my favorite moments. And that's something I'm really appreciative of. And what also drew me so much to coming here was that there's no, like you just said, none of it's forced. It's you go out there and, and you're allowed to be yourself. And I think that moment with Sonny is, is kind of overlooked because I think that is a really, really important moment in the company. And, and for me personally and for Sonny, we've spoken about that before. I hope we can do it again. Actually. Yeah. That'd be really fun. Uh, question from I'm a Bosch man on Twitter. Uh, I was a fan of your YouTube channel prior to ever knowing you were a wrestler. Who is your favorite 90 day fiance couple to spoof? I think... It would be, oh, there's so many good ones. I think Pedro and Chantel, because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved, we had to be the parents, we had to be the sister, and we had to be Pedro and Chantel. So we had to do a ton of different costume changes and make it look like all different people. And also there's a fight scene at the end where <laughs> the entire family was trying not to kill each other. And we had to somehow shoot that in his garage and be six people at once and cut and edit to make it look like we weren't all in the same frame. And I think as unprofessional as it looked, I think it came off really great and it was so much fun to do. And it was the only time I, I've gotten to dress up as a, as like a, a woman character. I'd love to try and do that and test to see if I can be as good as Michael because he can kind of transform into any woman. It's insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. I kind of want to see if I can do that. <laughs> Okay, back at it again, at back at it again on Twitter. Wants to know, anyone at AEW talk baseball with you? If so, who? I talk baseball sometimes with uh, Alex Marvez. I'd love to find some more baseball fans because sometimes with Taz, I'll bust his balls on uh, on the Mets. Yeah. On the Mets? Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> As you do. Um, but I'm a huge, huge San Francisco Giants fan. I used to go to a new stadium every single year with my dad, so I'd love to kind of hit some new places, um, you know, when we're on the road, if, if the situation calls for it and have some people come along with me. So, Tony, Aubrey, if you're baseball fans, if you want to go check out a game. Well, I worked for the Braves for 11 years. So, yeah, I was right in the middle. Of I haven't been to the new stadium yet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's pretty Highly cool. recommend, well, we'll if you have... want someone to talk baseball with, hit up Bryce Remsburg. Yeah? Yeah, he's, I, he's constantly trying. He's a Phillies fan. He's a Phillies fan, so he's another knucklehead like Tad. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Well, my dad's okay. a Phillies fan, so we can connect There you that. go. You would be like, hey, so what do you feel about the shitty team that always loses, that has, <laughs> I don't know, a beautiful field that they play in, and that's the only reason people go to the games? Oh! Oh! Well, go Giants. We're in first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a question from Donut Shop on Twitter, at Donut Shop. Um, everyone loves the acclaim. As, uh, as you like to tell people. Uh, and you're always carrying this boom box. What is your favorite song to listen to at full volume? Ooh. That is another... So many... This is such another hard question because I love music so much. I, I, I love all different kinds of genres. And it kind of depends on my mood. I'm a huge Coheed and Cambria Ooh. fan. I'm a huge Circus Survive fan. So Or uh, Brand New, Silver Sun Pickups a lot of kind of like punk rock, grunge rock, psychedelic rock. So I can't really put my finger on one song, but any one of those bands just blasting at the gym kind of gets me going. Mm. 
Love it. Joey G. Dude. Joey G. Dude on Twitter. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely not. Thank you. This is why we're friends. Oh. That question should have been deleted. Yeah. Cold fruit does not belong <laughs> on warm pizza. Just, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, another food question. Lots of food questions. America Moist Wanted. Oh, terrible, terrible name. <laughs> moist is like the worst <laughs> word in the English like dictionary. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just saying it just feels weird. Moist. Anyway, uh, good question from uh, Moist Wanted. Chocolate chip or mint chocolate chip? I'm going to go chocolate chip. Okay, that's fair. Only because my dad always had it. If I had like a weird experience as a kid, expecting one thing but getting another, to this day, I still hate it. I didn't know what I was expecting trying to eat my dad's ice cream, but it just wasn't my vibe as a kid. And I refuse to eat it to this day. Same thing with like Dr. Pepper. I thought it was a Coke. (laughs) Took one sip of it and just won't drink it to this day. Wow. <laughs> My favorite meal is pineapple on pizza and Dr. Oh. Pepper. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> I'm going to have to hang up, Tony. Okay. Phantom Planet 714 Floor. Phantom Planet 714 Floor. Guys, where do you get this stuff <laughs> to name yourself with? Want to know, Anthony, what is a two part question here? What's your favorite post workout meal? And then what is your favorite cheat meal? Favorite post-workout meal is always Chipotle. That's your I favorite meal. I am obsessed with Chipotle. Like, just meal. Just remove Chipotle workout. Chipotle <laughs> sponsored me. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm serious. I literally, I think I have a burrito every day for lunch from Chipotle. And then as far as cheat meal, usually if I'm going to a new restaurant or I'm going to a different city, I'm either trying the bacon cheeseburger, which is very fattening, the ribs, and if I'm trying to say, stay someone healthy, I'll get like a nice steak, you know, potatoes and such. But cheat meal is definitely like a bacon cheeseburger. Oh, yes. Anthony, thank you so much for being here today. This was wonderful. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you, Anthony Bowens. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Bowens underscore official. Check out his YouTube channel as we've talked about. Michael and Anthony, now over 200,000 subscribers. Good job. Absolutely on that. hilarious. Thank you. Uh, and what about our podcast, uh, Aubrey? You can listen to our podcast, new episodes every Thursday on your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you like, subscribe, download all of the actions that come along with podcasts. And then if you prefer to consume podcasts with your eyeballs, we have YouTube versions that come out every Monday. Just search for AEW Unrestricted on YouTube. Absolutely. And don't forget, we have Elevation Monday nights. We have Dark on Tuesday nights, but then we get into TNT, Aubrey. We get TNT on Wednesday night, Dynamite, 8 o'clock, 7 central. And then now TNT Friday night, Rampage, 10 p.m., uh, nine uh, central. This is crazy. We're on TV almost every day of the week. That's right. Anthony, thanks again for being with us. My name is Tony Schiavone. My name is Aubrey Edwards. Thank you so much for listening. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up. Up, bring the house down. Got the big space pump and make them bounce now. Blouse it like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now.